Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Crime in the Neighborhood, a true crime podcast hosted by Chelsea Queen. Today, we are going to be talking about the serial street shooter, a.k.a. the Maryvale street shooter, Aaron Sacedo. Aaron Sacedo, born April 6, 1994, also known as the Maryvale street shooter and the serial street shooter, is an accused American serial killer who was linked to 12 separate shootings, resulting in nine deaths and three injuries across Phoenix, Arizona, from August 2015 to June 2016, mainly in the Maryvale neighborhood. Now, I want to apologize if I am not pronouncing his last name right. It is S-A-U-C-E-D-O. Sustato? I guess. I don't know. And it's also very vital that I point out that he is just accused as of right now, as this is a relatively new case. But anyway, let's go on. On May 8, 2017, Sesedo was charged with the shootings and an additional two homicides. Currently, Sesedo awaits trial in the Maricopa County Jail, which, due to COVID-19 concerns, has been set for November 8, 2022, where he faces charges for the first-degree murder, drive-by shooting, attempted murder, aggravated assault, discharging a firearm at a non-residence, endangerment, and discharging a firearm at a residence. Whew, that's a lot of charges. So, what we have learned about Sacedo so far is during his childhood, he was born April 6, 1994, which we already said. He was noted musician. What am I He was born to noted musician Jose Juan Segura. Around the time he was eight years old, Sacedo went to live with his mother on North 10th Street in Phoenix, Arizona, where he attended an elementary school in the Madison School District from 2002 to 2008, where a classmate described him as a sweet and friendly child who exhibited no violent behavior. (laughs) During his adolescence, he then attended North High School from 2009 to 2010 from his sophomore year before transferring for unknown reasons to Central High School for a single semester before withdrawing completely in January 2011. During this period, he attended a specializing in a troubled youth program. Sesedo was not known as a troublemaking student, nor was he particularly remembered by anyone, staff, or student during his high school years. It is not currently known whether or not he obtained his high school diploma though it is known his transcripts were sent to a character school in February 2011, one month after leaving Central High School. Okay, so according to this and what we have learned about him, he wasn't troubled, but you never know. During his adulthood, he was residing with his mother. Sesedo worked a series of occupations before settling into a job as a local bus driver for the city of Phoenix through a temp agency. He kept this job from July to August 2015, committing his first murder on August 11, 2015 with a high-point 9mm pistol. Also in August, he was caught driving through a red light while driving the bus, for which he pleaded guilty to the red light violation in February 2016, 
receiving a fine of $238. After losing his job, he found work at a home remodeling company where he made approximately $1,000 a month. Planning to continue his murders, he spent little time on social media and continued to live with his mother after her 61-year-old boyfriend, Paul Romero's death. Sixteen days after the murder of Romero, Sacedo sold the high point 9mm pistol to a pawn shop. He then bought a Micro Arms 380 pistol from the same pawn shop on September 11, 2015. On his way to Phoenix from Mexico, Sacedo's father seized the pistol from his son for safety concerns, keeping it until police came to retrieve it as evidence days after his arrest on April 22, 2017. Evidently, authorities determined through extensive firearm exp examination and ballistic testing that it had been the same weapon used to murder his second victim, Jesse Olivas, who was shot multiple times. Okay, so now let's go back to 2015 and learn what occurred based on the evidence that we have gathered. The first shooting occurred on August 12, 2015 at approximately 10.56 p.m. on 900 East Coulter Street, damaging the 61-year-old's owner antique dresser and front security screen door. While the house was damaged, the victim was not injured. Allegedly, he used the high point 9mm pistol and he would go on to use to murder Paul Romero. The first homicide, that of 61-year-old Raul Romero, occurred on August 16, 2015, where he approached him with the 9mm handgun and opened fire as he stood in the driveway. This was the first shooting which suspect Aaron Sacedo was originally charged. And it is now 2016 and the community will be changed forever. On January 1st, 22-year-old Jesse Olivas was shot to death on a sidewalk at 2200 North 58th Drive at approximately 1244 in the morning. 380 bullet casings were found inside the body. Allegedly, Sacedo shot him before approaching him at close range where he kicked him before fleeing. On March 17th, near 1100 East Moreland Street, a 16-year-old boy was shot and wounded while walking down the street at about 11.30 p.m. A second 17-year-old boy was then taunted with the firearm by the suspect. This was believed to be the first shooting during the original investigation. At the scene, 9mm bullet casings were discovered. On March 18th, at 11.30 p.m., 21-year-old Michael Aldama was waiting for a friend in the late night at 4300 North 73rd Avenue. He was then approached by a moving vehicle in which a scrawny white or Hispanic male opened fire on Aldma. He was shot and subsequently wounded. On April 1st, 21-year-old Diego Sanchez was approved, approached by a moving vehicle that resembled a four-door sedan. He was shot multiple times and subsequently killed at around 8.23 p.m. while visiting his pregnant fiance and her family. Near the scene, 9mm bullet casings were collected. On the early morning of April 19th, 55-year-old Crystal Annette White was found shot to death at 500 North 32 2nd Street. 9mm casings were also discovered at this scene. On June 3rd at 9.50 p.m., 32-year-old 
Horatio Pena was shot to death outside his house at 6700 West Flower Street after returning home from work. He was approached by a white vehicle and sustained multiple gunshot wounds resulting in his death. On June 2nd at 9.30 p.m., 19-year-old Manuel Castro Garcia was killed outside his house as both the suspect's vehicles and Garcia's vehicle were moving. A police officer nearby heard the gunshots and rushed to the scene, but the killer had already fled. Witnesses saw a man in a dark four-door sedan flee the scene. On June 2nd, no, June 12th, at 2.15 a.m., the suspect shot at a 2006 Chevy truck, causing considerable damage at approximately 3.05 a.m. The shooter opened fire on an unoccupied vehicle at 6200 West Mariposa Drive. Approximately half an hour later, the shooter killed 33-year-old Stephanie Ellis and her 12-year-old daughter outside their home. Their 31-year-old friend, Angela Leonard, was also shot. She initially survived but died from her wounds three weeks later. Investigators found 9mm casings near the scene. On July 11th, the shooter opened fire on a car at 5.26 p.m., occupied by 21-year-old Arnal Castillo and a 4-year-old boy, but neither was injured. Surveillance footage of a black BMW sedan was caught, and 9mm bullet casings were discovered near the scene. Whew! That is a lot! He, he was busy. <laughs> the police had started linking a few of the murders. The murders of Sanchez, Pina, Garcia, and the triple homicide were linked together due to the fact that they all occurred in Maryville and due to similarity in operandi. The other shootings were later connected based on MO and location as well. Though the murder of White and the first shooting occurred outside of Maryville. A suspect was described by witnesses as a lanky, dark-haired man in his early 20s. He was also described as being under 5'10 and Hispanic. However, police have not been able to rule out the possibility of multiple people being involved in the killings, as a car possibly containing more than one person was seen leaving the scene of two of the shootings, and three gunmen were reported by witnesses to have carried out the killings of the Ellis's and Leonard. However, police have stated that it's unlikely multiple people are involved in these killings. The suspect is believed to be using multiple vehicles, including a black BMW 5 Series and a white Cadillac or Lincoln. A composite sketch of the shooter was released by authorities on August 3rd. On August 19, or October 19, 2016, police released recordings of 911 calls related to the case in an attempt to stir up more leads for the case. In December 2016, they said they had no active leads in regarding the, to the investigation. FBI was brought in to profile the serial street killer to help the investigation. FBI criminal profile Brad Garrett believed that the shooter is a thrill killer and is seeking intimacy in the attacks and he shoots the victim from close range. Garrett also believed that the shooter is likely inserting himself in the investigation or attending police committee meetings about the killings. By 2017, the Phoenix Police Department had two suspects in the serial street shooter murders, Frank Taylor and Aaron Sacedo, which we know by now Aaron 
is who the police inevitably arrested. But let's take a look at Frank. The police department commented publicly in March 2017 that Frank Taylor was a potential suspect in the shootings. He was killed after attempting to rob a woman at gunpoint a few weeks after the last known shooting. The would-be victim fatally shot him with her own gun, which, is, which she carried in a holster on her hip. After his death, Taylor was identified by several people as a potential suspect. So, they clearly couldn't do a whole lot with him being dead. So, I guess that would be why they went on to find another one. I don't know. That's just me speculating at this point. Let's go on to Aaron. On April 22nd, 2017, a person of interest in this case was taken into custody on unrelated charges. The 21-year-old man who was targeted in the final known shooting had been shown a lineup of six potential suspects, one of whom was the person of interest later taken into custody. The POI was identified too late, two days later as 23-year-old Aaron Sacedo, who had initially been arrested for the 2015 murder of 61-year-old Raul Romero, who was a friend of his mother. A 9mm high-point pistol owned by Sacedo was confirmed, through ballistics to be the same weapon that killed Romero. Sacedo also owned a black BMW 5 Series sedan, the same type of car that the shooter was reported to have been driving, a bore, and bore a resemblance to the composite sketch of the shooter released by police. Romero was shot to death with the same type of weapon used in the Phoenix freeway shootings, a similar crime spree in 2015. However, the Arizona Department of Public Safety denied Sacedo had any link to those shootings and that they still considered another man as a suspect. Police said there was no evidence to link Sacedo with those shootings as well. Sacedo was arraigned for the murders on May 8th. Initially, he was only charged with the murder of Raul Romero. However, on June 30th, he received an additional eight counts of first-degree murder, six counts of committing a drive-by shooting, two counts of attempted first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated assault, and one count each of endangerment and discharging a firearm in a structure. On July 6th, he pleaded not guilty to the charges against him. His court appearances were frequently postponed with the latest scheduled date being November 29, 2017. His trial is now scheduled for 2022. So, now that we know his trial is this coming year, we'll see if any more information comes to light. Um, I will kind of try to keep an eye on it, maybe do an updated episode of it later in the future. I just want to say now, though, I could not imagine the terror that must have been going through the community during these shootings, and to think that the memories will be brought up once again during the trial is even more heartbreaking, because a lot of these families, they just want to move on. They don't want things to keep dragging out like this, and it's just heartbreaking. Um, I, I, I can't believe it. I don't understand why somebody would need to go on this kind of shooting spree. It's just crazy to me. I don't know. Let me know down in the comments if you believe that he could have been, like, if he could have had other victims. I kind of think that he might have 
had something, some kind of other victim. But then again, he might just have had a breakdown. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know your comments and thoughts. And I want to thank everybody for listening in. I want to put a little disclaimer. I got all information from Wikipedia. But all of the comments and thoughts that I put through this was me. And I just want to let everybody know that. Tune in next time to see or to hear our next episode about Quincy Allen, an American serial killer. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a great day.